The Life, Love, and Leadership Podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to a special edition of Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne. And we're super excited to be with InStep Church for this Valentine's Day live virtual experience. Oh my gosh, it's been a while since we have had a live podcast because the pandemic just came in and ruined everything, but we found a way to do it virtually. And I'm super, super excited about that. Absolutely. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. You actually caught us in between seasons. This is a bonus episode for season two, which went out with 2020. Um, And season three is actually just on the horizon. And we definitely have some new tricks up our sleeves for that. So if you haven't already subscribed, you want to do that now so you don't miss a single tidbit. But normally we have four segments. Today we're going to do three. Um, That's our what's on your mind, fight of the week, and the big idea. So husband, what's the big idea for today? Well, today's big idea, we are going to talk about 25 lessons we've learned in 25 years. Uh, And so we always talk about, you know, not getting all of your life lessons, life and marriage and relationship lessons uh, off the new rack, but getting some of those jokers off the retail gently used rack. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to unpack some of those lessons today and just kind of talk about uh, some things we've learned over the years. 25. Why'd you pick 25? Uh, 25, because God has allowed me to survive and, <laughs> and thrive in intimate partner marriage relationship with you for a quarter of a century. And to express my gratitude, I want to pay it for. Now, which one is it? Thrive or survive? It can't be both. It's both. It's, <laughs> it's not either or, it's both and. We made it and we made it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but before we get into today's topic and big idea, as always, I got to know what's going on in that pretty head of yours. Baby, what's on your mind today? So I was thinking about Valentine's Day. Hmm. Valentine's Day is actually what's on my mind. Um, I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble with the audience or not, but um, after reviewing like my social media feed, I uh, made what appears to be a controversial post, Mm. right? So I saw a lot of um, hate, I guess, around Valentine's Day, not like self-hate or um, just a lot of energy. There was like, you know, memes about like going down the aisle and like throwing all the teddy bears on the ground and, you know, I don't have a bay or, you know, just all of that stuff. And I was just like, I thought Valentine's Day was for preschoolers and high schoolers. <laughs> like, are grownups really tripping off of Valentine's Day? It's an interesting question. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, but that's just me. So that's what's on my mind. And I thought we could get the audience involved. Yeah. Um, so you want to share the screen? Yeah, absolutely. Do our first poll question. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So we're going to share our screen. If you go to menti, M-E-N-T-I dot com, and there you should see the poll question, should married couples celebrate Valentine's Day? Should married couples celebrate Valentine's Day? I see some votes coming in. 
Look like I'm losing so far. <laughs> uh oh, wait, it's moving, it's shifting. So my thing about Valentine's Day is, I think when I was younger, like mm -hmm. when we were in high school, I made a big deal about it, yeah. like I said. And then when we first got married, I would have these big expectations and you would disappoint me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I was into it, but apparently you weren't. Yeah. And I would just, you know, every year we would get into an argument you know, it just, and I'm be like, you, you know, you promised me you were going to get it right next year. And just next year just never came. <laughs> and I was just like, I finally got to a place where I was just like, you know, you're good to me throughout the year. That part. Whose no, holiday no, no. is this that anyway? <laughs> I'm, I'm good to you throughout the year. Say that again for the people in the back. So for me, the issue is not just focusing in on one single day. But how do I treat you every other day of the year? I'm, so I'm just I'm that just because husband. Right. Right. You should prefer the just because over just the one day. Just my thoughts. I, I, I take them both. I use. But now I'm just like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> so we're doing better. <laughs> Yes, yes. But I mean, I, I've done some really I've done some growing in gift giving. So I will admit that, you know, gift giving initially was not my strongest suit. But then I understood that that was part of your love language. Yes. And so it was a growth area for me to grow into uh, being a better gift giver and making sure that I was speaking to that love language that you had. Uh, but I, I try to do it more consistently than just every once a year or so. It looks like for the most part, everybody's saying, yes, absolutely. We got 69% and a little bit, 15% saying, sure, why not? And 15% agree with you. So yeah, yeah. I think the eyes have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's basically what's on my mind. How about you? What's on your mind? So what's on my mind this week is really just being grateful. Uh, I just recently had some... Um, oral surgery and to have some wisdom teeth extracted. And one of the things that you experience when you are not feeling well. Is that men are more babies than women? That part too. Okay. Sorry. So it, it was, you know, frustrating for me. We're in the waiting room. I'm getting ready to go back. I'm going through all these new experiences. I've never been under for any procedure before. This is my first time going under uh, general anesthesia for procedure. And like the nurses walking me back, the front desk attendant and my wife are like making fun of me <laughs> because I have some level of anxiety about this experience. It was cruel. I just want to share that part. I'm sorry. OK, I take that. Uh, but but the reality is I'm just grateful because I spent the whole last week and a half in recovery. Uh, and so just being able to talk without pain in my jaw and not getting up at three o'clock in the morning, taking pain meds, I'm just grateful. And so one of the things I took from that experience is just just, you know, when you are healthy and you feel well, give God praise, celebrate, be thankful and glad because it ain't always going to be that way. So that's what's on my mind. I, I'm just thankful and grateful this week. <laughs> so our second question to the audience is, what are you most grateful for in this season of your life? We've been um, having a blast actually interacting. And we've got like, we've said this before on the podcast, we've got like a whole representation of um, marriage tenure. We've got some 40 plus, I yeah. think the um, greatest was like, 
close to the 50, if I remember correctly, yeah, I heard 49, 49 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and maybe the, maybe 10 or something like that. So a whole wide range. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really curious to see what folks say they're grateful for um, in this uh-huh. season of life. Like what comes to mind when you think about that? Um, let us know. We'd love to hear that as well. Yeah. Love to know. Oh yeah. We got some good ones. So a lot of folks, family is big. Family is big health. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I mean, so you were going to be under, Mm -hmm. you know, like you didn't feel anything, right? So I didn't feel anything, but, you know, I've never been under before. Right. And so going through that entire process of having the conversation with the doctor and they're doing all this stuff around me and I know they're up to something to get me out. Right. And (laughs) just magically going out and coming back and everything's done. I mean, it's a unique experience to go through it for the first time. So you couldn't handle childbirth, basically. I told you. So we've had this conversation. If it were up to me and frankly, a lot of other men to bring children into the world, we would have a much smaller population. (laughs) Facts. Big facts. Absolute truth. Definitely. Yeah, absolute truth. Absolute truth. All right. Thanks so much, Adonica, for sharing the screen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that's what's on your mind. So should we move on to the fight of the week? Let's get into it. Okay. The fight of the week segment for us is um, I I I won't say I love it, mm-hmm. but what I love about it is that it makes marriage real, absolutely right. Because I think that um, people sometimes have this white picket fence mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, what marriage means and what marriage represents and what it looks like in real life. Right. And so they don't always get the other side of marriage um, and what that picture looks like. So um, I just like sharing. So we get to talk about uh, fight of the week. Absolutely. So this fight of the week is our apologies always necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the story, y'all. Okay. So we're having Sunday morning, you know, cuddle time, pillow talk, you know, any anything can kind of come up, you mm-hmm. know, at that time. It's sleep in, weekend, we don't have a busy agenda. And so I was asking you a business question, a challenge I was having in the business, and I asked for your input about it. I had like my whole little spreadsheet, had a couple pages mm-hmm. about it, and I gave it to you to review. Yep. So you, um, I asked you to review it. I go downstairs to uh, put something in the refrigerator. I was like, you look this over. Let me know what you think. Mm. Right? Right, right. So when I went downstairs, I was like, oh, I'm down here. Might as well fix breakfast really quickly. So I was going to surprise you. You've been Mm. working on your health. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make him a vegetable omelet. And I've been fixing breakfast every other day of the week. So tell people the whole story now. You do breakfast, I do dinner. That's the deal. I don't know why you had to say that. It is Sunday. You just just said you do. So I decided I was going to surprise you. I said surprise you. Okay. So I decided I was going to surprise you and do breakfast. Mm -hmm. Vegetable omelet. I know you like meat in your omelet, but I was like, nope, I want him to try my vegetable omelet, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, was good, right? It was delicious (laughs) and nutritious. You did good. You did good. So... Minding my own business, gonna come back up in just a minute. Then here you come in the kitchen. 
and you're like, oh, you're cooking. Yeah. I like sausage in mine. You're in the refrigerator getting the sausage. I'm just like, I'm not putting sausage in it, but you can do sausage if you want, you know, just cook that on the side. So that was strike number one, because mm. I'm just like, stay out of my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you're like, okay, I'm doing the sausage. Okay, now you go and you get cheese. You're like, well, I like cheese in mine. And I'm just like, if you don't get out of my kitchen, <laughs> so help me. So here you come with the cheese. Fine. You want cheese? I'll give you cheese. Because I was doing both of ours in the same pan. Sure, sure. I'm not doing all that, but whatever. I'll do cheese for you. So, but I didn't say that. You sat it on the counter, standing there watching. Then you have the audacity to reach over and put cheese in my frying pan while I'm cooking. It was your frying pan, but it was my omelet, right? See what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, 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 You're lucky I didn't have a knife in my hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so if something ever happened to me, I got all these witnesses. <laughs> look for her first, okay? Look for her first. So then when I fuss at you, you get offended at me for getting offended. Now we in a whole little cycle. What was supposed to be a nice gesture has mm-hmm. turned into a whole thing. So we had to take a time out, right? We had our cooling off period, come back, and you're trying to just move on to another subject. Mind you, I still haven't got the business advice I needed, but you start having a whole nother conversation. And I said, if you, I said, I'm still frustrated. So if you're going to address me, I need an apology first. Otherwise, you're going to need to give me some space. So the question is. I'll take space for 200. (laughs) Because apparently you would rather like get your hand cut off than apologize. So thank you for that. I appreciate you sharing uh, (laughs) that narrative in in your interpretation. So the question is, are apologies always necessary, even for the small things? Even for the small things. Because ultimately, we're talking about a hungry husband who came down and put a, a handful of cheese in the omelet that was being made for him. So I'm going to ask the audience. (laughs) We had a poll question, but I'm just going to open the floor. Does he owe me an apology or not? I'm going to start with the men. (laughs) I'm going to start with the men. What do you all think? I see you, Pastor. (laughs) Come on, come off me. Oh, it's a thumb in the middle. Go trim that thumb down. Go trim that thumb down. Thumb in the middle. Middle. I see a thumb up. Some people not voting. They say, <laughs> that's how you say Mary. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Take some of the strength out of that. Okay, how about ladies? You all been so patient. What do you all think? Apology needed in the middle? Or is it me? Is it me? <laughs> Mama, yes, sir. Again, contact. Now, if I touch your radio... <laughs> We ain't talking about my radio, and I wouldn't be. So the bigger question is that what you said was an apology is not always necessary, right? Um, But I think that's easy for you to say because you're the offender. But so you think apologies should be used for big stuff. But like, so you want to save your apologies. Is that how it goes? It's not so much that I want to save my apologies per se, 
as much as it is, I don't want to be in the apology, like, I don't want to be in the apology business for everything. Like, I left my keys on the kitchen table and you you needed the kitchen table. Like, I, I just don't want to apologize for every single minute thing. Like, I didn't think that warranted an apology just based on putting cheese on an omelet that was being prepared for me anyway. I, I mean, I can kind of understand it that. It just seems extreme. Like, <laughs> it, it seems like a bit much. I kind of understand it if it's really about the cheese. I mean, at, But at, is it ever really about the cheese? Because at some point, then I got to <laughs> apologize for going to the bathroom at 3 o'clock at night. And maybe I flush the toilet and it wakes you up. See? I'm sorry. Like, see, where does it end? See, you simplifying <laughs> the situation. That's, you Objection, your honor. <laughs> relevance. <laughs> where does it end? Where, where, where does it be? <laughs> I think that there are definitely like, um, and we did an episode on this way back in season one mm -hmm. on apology styles, right? Mm -hmm. So there are different, um, the, the way I need an apology and like what's involved in an apology, because mm -hmm. it's so common for people to say, well, you didn't, you didn't apologize. Yeah. You never apologize, but the other person can feel like they did, you know? And I think for you, you tend to do, you know, more gentle start, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of, you're like a move on kind of guy. Um, and just like, yeah. you know, let's just move past it, which is fine. For me, if I've been offended and um, done wrong, I want justice, <laughs> even if it's small justice. Like, you could just say my bad. I don't need a lot, but I just need to see what I'm talking about. I just need to know that you know you weren't supposed to be in my skillet. You know what I'm saying? It's however you do it. I just need a little, just a little acknowledgement. That's it. Okay. Does that make sense? I'm sorry I was in your skillet. Stay out of my skillet. Right. <laughs> I'm out of your skillet. I'm out of your skillet. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's, What's the, the big, big idea? idea? For today's big idea, we are talking about uh, the 25 lessons we've learned over 25 years. Uh, last year, we celebrated 25 years of marriage uh, and decided to compile a resource to really be of support uh, to folks so that they don't have to learn everything the hard way. Uh, and just as a matter of clarity, I know we got a lot of folks uh, on with us today who've been married a long time. We are of the belief that tenure is no indication of success. We counsel couples in their 70s who are married and miserable. Uh, so tenure, just because you've been married a long time, does not necessarily mean a thing at all in the world. I know I often ask, you know, how long have you know this the common question is how long have you been married? Yeah. My follow-up question is how long have you been happy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um there's a difference there, you know. So um so what's the first lesson? So the first takeaway, the first lesson deals with this idea and it matches what we're doing today. Invest in yourself and in your relationship. Success demands intentional investment. Happily ever after doesn't just happen. It's the result of consistently investing in yourself and in your relationship. So I thought it was really interesting that today's time together is framed around this idea of investing in your marriage, right? If you're going to get anything out of anything, there has to be investment before you can have a return. And so for you to be on a call today, investing time 
and what it means to relate well with your spouse, to relate well with your significant other, that's major. And that's probably why you winning because you're investing in what it is to be related to your, your person. Yeah. What I love about that is investing yourself mm -hmm. and in your marriage, you know, both of them, as yeah. they say, as the kids say, yeah. um, it's just as important to, you know, that you got it. You really do need and have to do both, mm -hmm. right? You can't neglect yourself, your self-care, your self-worth, your self-value. You have to continue to sow into yourself, mm -hmm. right? So that you don't necessarily lose yourself, lose your identity in the relationship um, and you have to invest in the relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah. many different ways to do that, but that has to be a priority. It has to be. And really that means that you've taken the time to get off the roller coaster of life because let's face it, everybody is busy. Everybody has a lot of moving parts to what it means to express who you are as an individual. But when you step off the roller coaster of life and say, I'm going to intentionally pour into my partner, pour into myself, pour into our relationship so that we grow closer in what this expression is and what it is to be us, that's investment. Yeah. yeah. I'd love for the audience to share in the chats, um, what are some easy ways to invest in your marriage? What are some easy ways that you've come up with to invest in your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to just tap into this scripture real quick, if I can. So Ecclesiastes 11.6 says this, sow your seed in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Uh, so that means consistent investment across a myriad of things. So today you're investing uh, in spending time together and learning and fellowshipping with other couples and getting tidbits and takeaways from other people's experiences. The other form of investment you may tap into may be a trip. It may be getting away and just reclining and kicking back uh, and, and investing that way. Uh, but finding multiple ways to invest in yourself and invest in your relationship is what that investment piece uh, is really all about. I love that. I'm looking in the chat now and seeing some of the ideas come through. Vacations. Mm. Yes, this girl loves um, vacations. Oh, yes. <laughs> Work hard, play hard. That's my motto. Yes. <laughs> Being present in your marriage. Being that's present. huge. Um, learning and catering to love languages. Turn it off the phone. Turning off the phone. Yes. Woo. You got to work on that. <laughs> you got to work on that, Mrs. Payne. I was looking at you, sir, and you know it, but whatever. God knows. <laughs> it's a growth area for both of us. We're growing. Definitely an opportunity. Yes. And it doesn't have to be big. Like you said, it's like little seeds, planting, watering. Earlier, they were talking about going to the bank mm -hmm. and you trying to make a deposit uh, or withdrawal when there haven't been any deposits made. Yeah. So it's as simple as, you know, saying I love you, a little kiss, right? A check in in the middle of the day. Those are some of my favorites, a little, you know, thinking about you in the middle of the days. Um, praying together, writing a note, little things, as well as the big things. Um, you know, do a chore that we did a play the game earlier. And I was, you, we, um, one of the questions was, what chore would your spouse like for you to do for a lifetime? Mm. And of course, my answer was all of them. Yes. And you got that right. I yes. was like, <laughs> yes, this woman does not believe in chores. <laughs> 
So that's a good one. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so another lesson is parenting is temporary. Marriage is permanent. Mm. Right. Don't subordinate your marriage relationship to your parenting relationship. That's good. Yeah. Right. Your yeah. kids are designed to leave you. Your spouse is not. <laughs> yes. And so, so many times, and I think we had to work through this as well. At least I know I did. Uh, there's the potential because you feel so responsible and you are for your kids uh, that you invest so much time into them that you kind of take your eye off the ball for what it is to be you mm -hmm. in, in terms of your relationship. One of the challenges with that is when the kids go through their natural progression of growing up and leaving, then you find yourself sitting across the table from a stranger asking, who are you <laughs> and how did you get in this house? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can't just be, you know, running to lessons, doing their calendar, parent teacher conferences, all of that stuff. Um, and as we're learning, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stop just because they're um, you know, they graduate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, adult children can also put strain on relationship when you have the relationship imbalanced mm. for sure. So it's really, really important to remember um, you know, that your partner, right, is mm. who you actually connected and are in covenant relationship yes. with yes. before um, the children. Absolutely. That's so you got to be very careful, like not to be keeping secrets with your daughter that, you know, you don't tell your husband. Are you doing shame? All that sort of stuff. I feel like you're trying to slide something you, in on you, the podcast. Are you feeling guilty about something? <laughs> Because all I said was generic. Are, are you feeling away about something? I turned my head for a second and I like wound up somewhere. I don't know what happened there. Yes, yes, yes. The kids are a byproduct of the relationship, never the main event. Now, we owe them growth and development and support, never the main event. The kids are a byproduct of the relationship. Exactly. Don't let the kids, they're saying in the comments, schedule override your date nights. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. Really, really good ways. So people are often like, well, what do we do? You know, I mean, there's definitely a season when your child raising is really, really intense. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, hopefully you have a village, you have a support system so that you can have those date nights. I think another thing that's really important is sharing responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily leaving the burden of the responsibility on one partner or the other so that, you know, we just spread some of that some of that child raising love around, mm. um, then one person isn't completely exhausted and the other one is like, Geronimo, let's go. And it's like, <laughs> I want a nap. No. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 The third leg of the stool says this, go soft on the person, but hard on the issue. A large portion of marriage success is about learning how to effectively manage your grievances. And so uh, being able to effectively air grievances is probably one of the most important things a couple can learn how to do. Definitely. Because if you can't, let, let's face it, the Bible tells us clearly, offense will come, right? You're going to be offended. I'm going to offend you. You're going to offend me. Uh, we're going to offend each other. But we have to be able to have uh, the, 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 the right paradigm on how to work through a fence to get to the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because anytime there is a fence, there is a gap that's been created in between what you expected and what you experienced. And you need a tool to get you over that gap. Otherwise, you fall down in the pit. Yeah. We like to say attack the problem, not the person, mm -hmm. you know. So ultimately, that's why I said 
you know, it wasn't really about the cheese, mm. you know, what was really happening um, in our fight of the week. It was just like, I felt, you know, that you were basically kind of taking over, not really letting me do what I was supposed to be doing, dictating how I was expressing what I was trying to express to you mm -hmm. um, and just kind of trying to control the scenario. And it was just, you know, so it wasn't that you were a bad person. It was just, you know, a situation. So we attacked the problem, not the person, right? If you can learn that skill, oh my gosh, you can really avoid um, a bunch of heartache and mm -hmm. a bunch of need to say a bunch of more apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think for both parties, that means dropping the rope, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that means not arguing for your perspective, me not arguing for my perspective. One of the things we talk about often is the, the danger that couples experience in confessing each other's sins. And so we spend so much time confessing what you did wrong and you spend time confessing what I did wrong, but, but we don't need to spend time confessing uh, each other's sins. I shouldn't confess your sins. I should focus on mine, right? Mm -hmm. What did I do to contribute to this situation and how could I work to improve it and fix it? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think we have time for probably one more. Yeah. 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 Probably so. Just one more. Wow. Okay. Give it to us. <laughs> so I think this, um, this one is about commitment, mm. right? So commitment is king. A marathon runner can never see the finish line in the middle of a race. Um, but his commitment is what drives him to successfully complete the race. The same is really true for marriage. Sometimes all you have is the commitment. Sometimes all you got is the commitment and you are committed that I'm going to drive past everybody else's house on my way home and I won't stop and park till I get to my garage. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm committed yes. to that. Now, whether I'm going to talk to you when I get there, we're going to have challenging or heated fellowship or whatever the case may be uh but i'm committed to working through it with you come hell or high water or anything in between i'm committed to this relationship yeah i think it's so common now you know we we understand this concept when it comes to our children mm -hmm. right for yeah. example my daughter is my daughter, no matter what, like no matter what, you know, um, I may not always be happy with her. You know, she may frustrate me, but you better believe that's my daughter. Yeah. Right. That's how you have to be committed to your marriage. You know, it's like when we get offended or something happens, um, it's too easy for us to, you know, be ready to walk away, you know, because you hurt my feelings. Ma'am, sir, mm -hmm. your feelings might get hurt, yeah. you know, but you have to maintain the commitment. Um, and it's really skill building, you know, practice makes better. I say not perfect. Practice makes better, you mm -hmm. know, um, talking through it, putting the issue out in front of you and talking about the issue, not the person. All of these kinds of things that we're talking about, you stack that on top of each other over time and you'll look over your shoulder and be there. <laughs> look, look over your shoulder and you threw it. Uh, I, I like to liken it into like Alice in Wonderland, right? So mm -hmm. Alice jumps in with both feet without knowing the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. She commits to the path without knowing the outcome of how it's going to work. And really, that's how marriage works. We commit to an outcome that's unforeseen. 
but we commit to the journey. We commit to the experience. We commit to going through it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we commit to going it. through it together. I want to give the audience a chance. I love this chat. Really, really good. If you have any questions or comments, I'm kind of scrolling back through to see if we missed anything, um, but that you'd like us to touch on, we can definitely do that. But I'm loving this chat. So much richness here. Like I said, there was so many um, jewels and gems. Getting a lot of amens, <laughs> basically, about how to make this thing work. I think the best way we'd like to um, share the full um, 25 lessons with everyone, probably the best way to do that is just to email connect at successfulmarriages.org. So if you just email um, connect at successfulmarriages.org. We can get you the full resource with all 25 lessons. And there's also an opportunity for you to um, share your own, you know, how it relates to your relationship, set goals for how you can apply that in your own relationship. Uh, it's a really great resource. So we'd love to share that with you. Just email um, what are you typing, sweetie? <laughs> You're throwing me off. I was typing. Oh, it's, it's not. I was typing the web address in there. Sorry, y'all. He's just typing he's away, and it's not even typing. I'm just like, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> he don't listen. Y'all pray for me. There it is. Pass the time. Thank guys. you. <laughs> yes. Uh, Forty years in this relationship, you getting arrested in whether you want it or not. I love that. <laughs> I love yes. that. So with that, I think we are going to call it an episode. Yeah, we're going to call it the show. Thank you always. so much for listening. We will see you in social spaces. We can hear your feedback there. We're usually live on Thursday evenings, either Clubhouse or Facebook. And um, we look forward to hearing your feedback. Thank you so much, InStep Church, for having us. And we will see you the same time, same place next week. See you. Bye. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.